0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with the caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Date Yourself Radio. So if you're over 40 and dating or newly single after a long-term relationship or marriage or a single mom who's dating or a single mom who wants to date, then this episode is for you. But before we get there, I wanted to let you know that each week I have a few slots open for Dating Clarity Calls. These calls are completely free and it's 30 minutes of just you and me so I can help you get some dating clarity. So if you've got a situationship you want my take on, you've had a series of one date wonders that you want to bust out of, or you can't figure out why you keep attracting emotionally unavailable men, or perhaps you need some support getting over your ex, then I invite you to sign up for a free dating clarity call with me. I've taken a lot of time and worked with a lot of women to craft very specific and targeted questions that will help me help you get some real dating clarity in just 30 minutes. Spots are limited each week, but to grab yours, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash dating clarity. And to get the show notes from this episode, including the link to the Dating Clarity Session and all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 11, and that's the number 11. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back. Today on the show, I have with me Jacqueline Parker-Quartz. Jack is a seasoned storyteller and content producer with over 20 years' experience in advertising and PR. She is the Sherpa of stuffies, fairy dresses, and Legos for her four-year-old daughter and is also a self-described devoted wine drinker. Awesome. I think we're going to get along just fine. All right. So Jack is here to talk about dating in your 40s. So I just entered my 30s, so this, I'm really excited to bring on an expert onto the show to talk about dating in your 40s and how it's different than your earlier years. And I recently met Jack in a women's podcasting Facebook group, and I got the idea because I realized almost half the women in my community are in their 40s or even in their later years. So I'm so excited to have her here today. And if you're in your 40s, whether you've never been married or are newly single, this episode is for you. All right. Welcome to the show, Jack. Hey, how are you, Veronica? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. And I'm really excited to be on your podcast. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. So um, first, let's just talk about who you are and how you got to where you are today.
1: Okay. Um, well I launched my site in 2009. It was called solo mag when I launched it because I was single and I, um, I was like, i thoroughly enjoyed the single life mm-hmm. and dating, but I, I think I just enjoyed, you know, everything that I did. I went away on weekends and I explored a lot and I had a lot of fun with my girlfriends. So I thought that I would do a website devoted to, you know, really uh, embracing, um, the freedom of being mm-hmm. single. And, mm-hmm. um, which was great for a while, but it turns out a lot of single women didn't want to see um, their status as permanent. They just wanted to see it as a phase. I was quite happy to be permanently single. But <laughs> then I, I met my husband and we had a daughter. And so I really couldn't keep talking about being single anymore. But my whole world changed and, uh, and my relationships changed and my view on life changed. And I wanted to keep my sight going because my... My community of um, readers were all women going through the same changes as me—and we were sort of um, in the end of our thirties, entering our forties, when when I shifted the site to Drinks at Six. So okay. now, Drinks at Six is a community where uh, women, sort of late thirties and forties, we talk a lot about you know what life looks like in this new decade for us, and mm-hmm. you know it's a new phase of life because our hormones are changing. We've either had kids or were late starters, but we're also battling perimenopause. (laughs) And some of us are, you know, um, married, some of us are leaving marriages, some of us are getting married, and some of us are hoping to. So it's this whole um, cyclone of (laughs) different uh, events going on in our lives. So we've got this really wonderful community of women who contribute and share their stories. So that's what Drinks at Six is about. We have a podcast
0: and a video series and a blog. Awesome. That sounds great. So what is the, like, what's the biggest, you know, you know, if twenties if is the decade of like figuring out who you are and thirties is like kind of getting in even closer into that, maybe even like the decade of when you're supposed to settle and putting that in quotation marks, what is your forties? Like, how do you describe that decade? Like, what's the biggest shift?
1: Um, there's a great quote that describes that. Um, And it's talks about your twenties are sort of the look at me decade where you're like, Mm. Hey, look at me, look at who I am. Your thirties are sort of like, look at what I have. I've accomplished this and this and this. And your forties are sort of like, this is who I am. So, um, I find it to be, and I I think a lot of women agree, um, a monumental shift in mindset. And I think in your forties, just kind of, you let a lot of stuff go. You Mm -hmm. reprioritize your values and your priorities, um, and you just sort of care a little less, which is great because it allows you to focus on the relationships that have always been with you and that really matter and to sort of cut loose all that extra baggage that has weighed you down. And you just realize you just don't have time for it anymore. Yeah. And, um, you know, while 40s is a really positive time in your life, I think a lot of us, um, whether we want to admit it or not, we feel a tiny little bit, um, not fearful, but we feel like, yeah, now we're starting to feel our age, you know, <laughs> changing in our bodies and, um, you know, our looks are changing. And, you know, sometimes you worry how it affects your career. So um, I think it's important right now that we we have this open dialogue in, in our community, that we talk a lot about this. Honestly, our fears and the things that we love about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's a fun yeah. time. Like, let me tell you, I, I wouldn't go back. But I kind of
0: wouldn't mind putting on the
1: brakes before 50. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I. Um, it's interesting because, I mean, I'm obviously much younger. When I turned 30, I turned 30 on New Year's Eve, actually, so a couple months wow. ago. And I was, like, a little nostalgic. I mean, I would not go back to my 20s. Um, I mean, you know, if people go to my about page, they can see it was a very up and down, uh, time in my life, very roller coaster emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can totally relate to the, well, you know, I wouldn't mind pausing the brakes a little bit. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, so but you're, you, what you're doing is interesting to me because I think your insight about, um, sort of evaluating your own opinion of yourself and your own, um, image of yourself, that really that carries forward into everything you do. And I, I kind of find that's not something we really grasp onto in our 30s. It seems to me it's more of a 40s mindset that you realize, you know, how you feel inside is how you reflect yourself mm-hmm. externally. And those are the people that you draw to you. And uh, mm-hmm. so I was pretty impressed that you've already glommed onto that. So you're way ahead of the game.
0: <laughs> oh, well, thank
1: you. Thank <laughs> you. You nothing to worry about with 40.
0: <laughs> okay. So before we get specifically into dating, which is obviously the main topic of this podcast. I'm just kind of, um, curious to hear, you know, if women are kind of feeling like, ah, 40, I'm so old, or, you know, they're dealing with their changing bodies, um, fears that what you were discussing, like, what are just a couple of things that, um, they can start doing to, to kind of cope and to, to deal with that?
1: Well, I think one thing, um, I think if you if you have it sounds so um I feel like such a askwomen.com here but um <laughs> One of the things I wish I had done, I wish I had developed better eating and sleeping habits Mm. in my 30s. because I I worked in advertising. I worked crazy hours. I ate on the fly. I didn't work out because running around, (laughs) adrenaline was burning enough calories for me. But this sort of, I think women push themselves really hard in their 30s and that stress is really bad for you. It also affects your weight. So I kind of wish that, you know, I had... um, You know, worried more about my physical and emotional health and. Mm -hmm and um, been a a little more cognizant of what was going on inside my body instead of always seeing it as an inconvenience because of my schedule. I think uh, one thing that is really smart for women to do is read up on perimenopause because it actually does begin in your mid-30s. And um, I think, you know, the changes that your body goes through, you can adapt to those if you know what's happening. So, you know, a better eating route, like a better diet, you know, eating healthier, getting more sleep, getting more exercise – Those are sort of the things I think I wish I'd prep my body for. I mean, now it's now I'm, you know, I'm slowing down more. I work from home. I have a four year old who keeps me going, but, uh, (laughs) you know, you need energy for all that stuff in your forties too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. And it's, it just seems like the earlier you start habits, the easier it is to stick with them. Um, Exactly.
1: You know, 40 is when, um, Again, with perimenopause, this is when things start to settle, and and you sort of get that they call it middle age spread, where things around the midsection they're harder to lose in your forties. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if you've already got the bases built, if you've already got you know a solid core from you know good exercise and and good nutrition, you're probably at leaps and bounds ahead of the game. Um, a lot of women who have children earlier, and this is like you know just an observation from some of my friends. They found it harder to lose that, um, that weight because, you know, once you become a mom, you just don't have time for yourself. So you don't have time for those workouts. You don't have time to, you eat off their plates. So <laughs> you develop these like crazy eating habits, which makes you gain weight. And then the mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're in your forties, you have more time to yourself, but it's harder to shake it. So yeah. 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 So
0: anyway, yeah, I love that. (laughs) Lots of good stuff there. Um, okay. So let's jump into dating. So, um, so what is the biggest difference between dating in your forties versus twenties and thirties? Let's just start there.
1: Okay. So for me, I think one of the biggest difference, depending on where you're coming from, um, if you're dating in your forties, I think we have a few different, um, issues to look at. One is are you dating in your 40s and you're still single? Are you dating in your 40s and you're newly single? So hmm. right there alone, you have two different um, approaches to it and two okay. different attitudes. Let's start
0: with, um, this is it easier to divide the two options? I up think so, yeah. Okay, so let's start with um, still single, never, never married.
1: Okay, so I think one of the things, it does apply to both, but the red flags in your 40s are very different than the red flags in your 20s. Hmm. For example, in your 20s, if... You met a guy who was um, divorced or separated from his wife. You'd see that as a red flag. You'd see that, A, he was married, so now he's got baggage. And, B, his marriage failed, so what did he do to contribute to that? Um, when you meet a man in your 40s, and he's in his 40s, and he's never been married or even in a long-term committed relationship, you start to wonder why. Mm. Uh, so so the things that were red flags in your forties, they change. Um, I think now a lot of, I have a lot of friends in my, in their forties who are dating and some of them are, are recently separated or divorced and they love meeting a guy who's already been married because it shows that he's been through it. He understands the art of negotiation. He understands <laughs> how to work on a relationship and, and work as a team. And I think that, you know, when they meet someone who's in their forties, who's never done that, It is problematic for them, whether perceived or or real, because Mm -hmm. they're worried that he still sort of got his own needs first and he has to go through and they have to go through all that training with him. Yeah. (laughs) So that's one thing Um, I think to baggage is different in your 40s. You know, a guy with kids in his 20s was probably baggage. And in their 40s, I think baggage is more emotional, like someone who's maybe had some failed relationships, but never done the work on themselves or, you know, stayed in a rut and never gotten out. So I think we look at baggage differently as well.
0: Hmm. That's interesting.
1: So So, um,
0: how do you how do you work through that? Like what? I, I'm personally
1: just from observation, yeah. uh, friends who are out there dating and they're, they're loving it. These are the ones who have already been married and are newly single. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: they, you know, they, their profile preferences are very um, specific. You know, they they're careful the way they write their profile to attract someone to them that uh, is more in sync with their their way of thinking, whether it's the hobbies that they're talking about or lifestyle that their preferences indicate. I think they're more selective about someone based on their life experiences and less about their height, income. You know, physical activity, and are they a smoker? So I think that they shift their priorities and who they're looking for, and they use their profile to attract that person. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like the way the way your profile is set up is exactly who you're going to attract, right? Right. So and they know that you know, in your 40s, another big thing is your time is more valuable now. I'm not saying that your time isn't more valuable. Like that probably sounds really lousy, but you realize how valuable your time is and you don't want to waste it. And, and I think it's probably more that not that you Veronica want to waste your time, but when you're in your forties, I don't mean to be morose, but you start to realize I don't have that much time to waste. I, you know, I've got to be really, I want my time to be quality time. So if I'm going to go out there and date, I'm not going to sit down and have a two hour dinner with a guy who's really not a good fit. You know, you can have chemistry online, but when you meet in person, if that chemistry is not there, you're not going to waste your time on it. So you're going to just sort of call it. Hopefully a lot of women do, but yeah, I mean,
0: that's something I, I work with my clients to do because there's so many women, especially maybe when they're younger and, and don't, you know, realize the value of time yet. Um, I can't tell you how many clients I have. Well, you know, I'm not really that crazy about them, but we'll see. Maybe it's just me. And I'm like, no, if you don't feel it, move on. So um, well, what do you
1: think about the whole rule that you should go on a second date regardless? What do you think about that?
0: Um, I don't agree with that. No, okay. Mm, do you I don't if you do I, I I'd love I, to hear. I'm on the fence. I'm kind of Switzerland with
1: okay. that because I kind of maybe I I'm, you know, in this society where I need immediate gratification, but I need <laughs> to feel something right away and if I don't mm-hmm. But, you know, you and I had sort of had an offline chat about this earlier. In your 20s and in your teens, when you're dating someone, if you think about it, um, people in high school that date and people in university and college, um, they tend to get together because you know, right away they meet and they may not have that chemistry, but they're in classes together. They're at the same pubs together. They have the same group of friends and that attraction grows Mm -hmm. and it's hard to grow because they have that proximity and frequency. Now it's, this is almost like a business when you're dating. It's like you meet, if it's not there, you move on. And I just wonder if what would happen to that, um, relationship if it had some time to nurture itself, but Maybe but we don't have that yeah. time. We don't want to give it that time. So I, I am on the fence about it. I I think yeah. there's potential value in it, but I also I'm kind of like you, like cut your losses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I can I can definitely see that because um I mean yeah I mean things just happen over time. Um, but then it's like when you're online dating and you only have so many nights per week. It's like, do you want to spend a second date with someone that you weren't that crazy about? Um, yeah, I can I can totally see that. I. I generally go by the rule of if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Um,
1: yeah. That's a good yeah. I I would personally if it was me and I was back
0: out there, that's
1: probably what I would be
0: doing too. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I um kind of actually going on with this um you mentioned something about um you know how for how women in their 40s dating, you know, have more um you know, defined, uh, have better defined like who their potential match is, like what they're looking for. Um, Does it make it harder to find that? Because I I find some women who are younger either are more willing to settle, which is not something I support, but it happens. um, Or we're just still kind of figuring out who we are. And so we're much more malleable versus someone who's much later in life and they're going to like be set in their way. So does that make dating harder or is it actually easier because it's just very easy to be like a yes or a no.
1: I think that that's probably one that depends on the individual. But if you mm-hmm. like, in my opinion, I think when you hit your 40s, you've got enough life experience to know what your likes are and what, you know, what are you willing to compromise and what are you not willing to compromise? And mm-hmm. I think that's a huge impact on who you meet. Like if you meet someone who's got kids and you don't, and they have a very busy family life with those children, are you willing to play second fiddle to that constantly? Um, because, but, and you might be because you have your own busy social life mm-hmm. or are you looking for someone you want to blend right in with their life and you feel like you can never sort of be part of that or break that circle. So I think that, what happens is it all depends on the person that you're meeting and what their circumstances. Sure. Um, you know, if you've got someone who doesn't want kids and you have kids, you know, well you can't compromise that <laughs> if you put your kids on eBay. So um, <laughs> there's so many things that, that kind of change. Um, I think too, you know, if you meet someone in your forties and, and maybe they've never been married or they haven't had kids, I think you tend to they tend to sort of be in the me space. Whereas if you meet someone who's already gone through all that, even if they've just had not just had, but even if it's been a long term relationship without marriage, that person kind of understands the we space a little more mm-hmm. because they've been through it. So I think um I think all those things are factors in your forties. Like if if you're in your forties and you've never been married and you're in your early forties, there's a good chance that a lot of women, you know, still want the opportunity to, to have a, to rear a child, mm-hmm. get married, to settle down. And then there are some women who are coming out of um, a relationship who have already raised kids or don't want kids and now they want freedom. So they're, perspective on dating is going to be really different in their approach because their outcome, you know, their goal is very different. So, and this is something I find funny. There's a lot of um, men online who tick off in their profile preferences that they are looking for a far younger woman, but they've already raised kids. They're, you know, they've, they're out of their marriage or they don't want kids, but they forget that when you marry someone or you're attracting someone younger, a Good likelihood that that person wants kids, yeah. So you might want the younger model, but you know, <laughs> do you want to do you have all the energy and what it takes to go with all that? Can you fulfill their needs too?
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. So then, do women in their 40s kind of feel like um, there's a scarcity of, of men because the men their age are attracted to women who are in their 30s or even 20s? You know what?
1: I, I actually. From, from what I can see, I think women find that there's more inventory because they're more open to men mm. who aren't perfect, who aren't model good looking, who aren't, you know, at least two inches taller than them. They've learned mm. to let go of the the sort of the things that they used to put on their checklist, they're learning to cross those checks off because Mm. things really don't matter when you're looking for (laughs) a partner, a quality partner. But they do matter when you're younger and there's nothing wrong with that. It serves a purpose for sure. But I think once you've been um, alone long enough or once you've been married and you're on your own again, you have a whole new set of standards. And I'm not going to say that they're lower standards. I think that you're just maybe a little more mature and open to more, you know, because you yourself Probably aren't perfect, and you know mm-hmm. that now, and you know that height isn't um, a key issue in <laughs> meeting someone who's loyal and and right. witty and funny and genuine and authentic you know um, if anything to me, a guy who walks into the room who's like tall and very aware of his appearance he's a red flag to me like I want someone who can laugh at themselves and let their guard down and just be authentic and um you know just be able to be themselves. So, um, I think
0: that that opens up, uh, the inventory for women. Yeah. I love that. So, um, we've been talking a little bit about, um, people having, or either the women or the men having kids. Um, how do you navigate this? This is something that like is totally lost on me. I'm a non-mom, so I don't (laughs) have my own kids. Um, but is it, Cause and this is actually a question that I got from um, a client a few weeks ago and I was like, Hmm, that's a good question, but how to deal with kids? Like when do you have to, or when should you tell the other person about kids? Does it go on your dating profile? Um, oh,
1: absolutely. You know what? I just, it's like posting a picture of yourself 20 years ago in a bikini. It's, it's not fair play to hide that kind of thing because you're okay. taking like, I, I, I don't know for me you are taking the opportunity away from the other person to make their own judgment call. You might really want to be with someone, but the reality is like, if he doesn't want kids and you have kids and you're hiding it, and when he meets you and finds out you have kids, you're done. Like mm-hmm. you also lose credibility. Yeah. I think I don't think it's fair to take that option away from somebody. Um, I think that if the more authentic you are up front, the less time you waste losing out. So Mm, it's like wearing a padded bra. You're going to get caught anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, why hide your kids? There's something you should be proud of. And you should want to meet, like, you should, if you want someone to become part of your children's lives, you've got to set your profile up accordingly. You can't trick someone into it.
0: Yeah. So, how do you navigate then if you've been dating someone? Like, when and how to um, introduce that person to your kids without potentially like letting then him leaving and then the kids are like, "Where'd that guy go?" Like, how do you how do you navigate that? For me
1: personally, um, having a, a child, I would have to know that that relationship was pretty solid before she met her Yeah. Okay. because I don't like you know I I don't know the individual relationships. I'm happily married. But if I wasn't, my daughter, my husband would be the world to my daughter. So, you know, to introduce someone who's not challenging his position, but sort of stepping in a little to become another authority figure in her life and a partner for her money. That's a pretty big deal. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that you have to make sure your relationship is going somewhere pretty solid before you do that. And I think I've, I've heard from my friends and and our audience a lot of people are willing to wait for that because, you know, it's really important for their kids not to meet, you know, several different men and and that really changes their relationship with their parent as well. Yeah. You know, there's gotta be a trust factor that they always have with their parent. And I think when it's a turnstile, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a problem and what's the rush anyway?
0: Right. Right. I love that.
1: But I think it should be if you're online dating, I think that should be up front in your profile.
0: And if the kids are grown, does it make a difference? It still
1: should be because you know what? I mean, if they're grown, I have a friend who's dating someone right now. He has four children and their youngest one is last year of high school. The rest are in university or college but he still spends all his time with his kids. So he Mm -hmm. had to make that very transparent because anyone who's going to be part of his life has to be willing to accept that. And she was, she has no kids of her own and she was willing to become a part of that. Awesome. So you can't take that option away from someone else. It's not your call.
0: Right, right. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, So let's be um, kind of skipped the newly single category, anything specific with women who maybe have been married. Um, you know, some, some women in my community have been married for 20 plus years and then they find themselves single and they've never dated cause they might've met their husband or their now ex-husband, you know, when they're 18, 19 years old. So how do you, how in the world, like, where do you start? <laughs>
1: um, well, I, <laughs> well, you know what, um, I mean, divorce, the divorce rate in Canada is close to 50%. Um, so the chances are good that someone, you know, knows someone who's single. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, like I would, my, there's several different ways. One is to reach out to your network of friends they know you the best and, and they might have some friends to introduce you to. And they might be people you've, you've known but, you know, have never considered because you were with someone, so it wasn't an option. Um, online dating is really big and sites like Match.com um, and eHarmony really do target uh, people in their, I think, more of their later 30s, 40s, and 50s who are more serious about dating, whereas sites like Plenty of Fish kind of target people who just want to hook up. And hmm. I mean, lots of single women who are newly single in their forties. I don't know. They might want to, you know, have that whole adventure and hook up, but eventually if they want to settle down, um, I've heard match is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, men around that age group on the site and they're very, um, on it. They seem very honest in their profiles. I mean, what can we say about online profiles They're <laughs> They can be scary, but Um, the online dating world is tough. It's tough in your age group. It's tough in, in, and I'm always surprised when people in their twenties are online dating because that's when I had the most opportunity to meet people. But it's hard in your forties if, if, if like you say, your clients met when they were 18 and they never really had to go out there and meet someone in a bar over coffee or playing tennis. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like cold calling. And not only that, it's this anonymity that we hide behind online allows us to exercise a whole different behavioral set that quite honestly, isn't that impressive. I find it very cold and, and businesslike, but as mm-hmm. long as you know that, you know, then you can be prepared. But, you know, um, uh, a girl that I know is online on match and, um, she's finding it hard because she goes on a date with someone. She thinks they have a great connection and then she goes home and she sees them back online again, but that's the nature of online. You know, you're, you're trying to make as many connections as possible. Mm -hmm. So it can be hard on the soul. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, but I think the thing is you have to go in knowing that and, and like, you've probably told your clients, (laughs) I wish my girlfriends would listen, do not book drinks and dinner on your first date. Like your online chemistry can be amazing. And then you meet in person and it's totally different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always say like coffee or a quick drink, the first date just to make something short short and sweet. And then it's better leaving home or leaving the date going to home, being like, oh, I can't wait to see him again, rather than like, oh my God, I wish that date was thirty minutes shorter than it was.
1: I know. And I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of questions. I have an opinion about this, but I want to hear yours first. Okay. Um, when you're online dating and you have to know that whoever you're dating is looking at several other candidates as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um say you go for coffee, coffee is a small investment, but say you end up by going for dinner on the first date, who pays?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, when I was, I was doing online dating before I met Stevie and I was always prepared to pay. Um, the guy almost always offered and, One time I went actually on a first date with somebody and we just got drinks and he, I forget exactly how it worked, but for some reason I had to give my credit card to put, you know, behind the bar for our tab. And I just was like, wow, that was kind of rude. Like, he's not even going to put his credit card (laughs) um, for the tab? He ended up paying, but um, yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, it's a really hard, question, especially as a self-described feminist, I kind of go with the rule of thumb that whoever asks does the paying, right? Like whoever asks on the date and, and like, just usually it's always the guy less, especially for the first few dates doing the asking. Um, I know for when Stevie and I first started dating, he always paid. And then once we were past like date three or four, it was just always just kind of 50, 50 it wasn't like, it was like, we're both putting our credit cards down. It was just like, he would get it. Sometimes I would get it. Sometimes he would get it, you know, and just went back and forth. That's Um, fine.
1: You're, you're past a first date.
0: Yeah. But I think, I think generally, like, I think, um, I just, the way, just being the, the way society is like the guy's probably going to pay for the first date, but I, I think it should be whoever did the asking.
1: Okay. See, my opinion is totally different because mm-hmm. I think if you're going to go online dating, you have to respect that it's not traditional dating. And, mm. you know, if this guy want has to pay for dinner or coffee every time he's going to go broke dating. So <laughs>
0: that's also true.
1: Yeah. I sort of feel like you have to go in and prepare to go Dutch because for me, if it say it was dinner, Mm-hmm. I even felt i online dated too. And I, and that's how I met my husband. I felt awkward if someone paid and I knew I wasn't interested. Yeah. Maybe that's another, you know, maybe that's another touch point. If you're going on a date with someone and you know that you're not interested and you're not going out again, then you should insist on going Dutch. Cause yeah. I sort that's of feel a good, like
0: that's fair. That's, that's a good point. Um, the other thing is just in terms of like how masculine feminine energy works. Like even when I've offered to pay or to split or whatever, Almost always the guy refuses. Um, and there was, I don't know if you ever watch How I Met Your Mother. I always reference that show on this podcast. Cause I think they cover a lot of really um, pertinent dating topics in a really brilliant way. But there is this one episode where the main character, Ted, was going on a date and the um, the girl didn't even reach for the check. And he was going to pay and he wanted to pay, but he wanted to be able to like insist that he was providing her that experience. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting way to put it. Cause I think it's totally true. Like I think especially, you know, well, I think in relationships in general, men want to feel like they're providing doesn't necessarily mean financial, but just like some sort of like, positive experience, providing happiness, joy, whatever it is. Um, And I think paying for a date is a way that they do that. But I think they also appreciate like being able to assert their ability to provide by saying, oh, no, don't worry, I'll get it. Um,
1: Well, if he he insists, then by all means, but I I don't like it when women don't reach for the check. It's sort of entitlement to me. And, And in a traditional dating world, I'm all for it. Yeah, You know, that's how, you, if that's how you work, mm-hmm. um, that's great. But on the online dating world, you do have to remember you've never met before. And this is kind of like an interview. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I do always, I always reached for the check, but I would almost never pay. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's and how, I
1: think that, like you said, Lynn and I've heard that before, guys just want to know that you're offering, you're not yeah, taking it for granted. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, there's a girl here who did an entire blog series on never paying for a meal, um, by going on a series of online dates.
0: Oh, no, I don't like that. Yeah. Once no. one person told me, we like, well, you know, I just get like a free dinner a couple times a week and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. I I agree with that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: so actually, um, kind of, well with online dating, but you know, with j- dating in general, there's one more thing I wanted to ask about kind of parallel to being upfront about kids. What about for women who are newly single? How upfront do you have to be about your marriage or your prior relationship? um, If at all.
1: Okay. Well, I think the question before that is if you're newly single, are you actually ready to date? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you're not like, there's a lot of women who throw themselves out there and I understand they need the attention. They need, to feel attractive again. I totally get that, mm-hmm. but you know, you, have you worked through all your stuff first? Because if you haven't, then he's just a band aid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so maybe he's just something that you take, um, casually. I don't know. Like I, I personally, if I was ending a marriage, I don't think I could throw myself into a serious relationship. I, I think women, men, anyone needs, they need to take that little breather to Mm -hmm. kind of check in with themselves, see if they're okay with moving forward. Otherwise, all you do is bring your luggage forward. You're the guy with baggage now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but if you're ready, I I do think you should be relatively upfront about it. Mm -hmm. Um, again, it's for me, the whole thing is, um, you have to put your most authentic self forward and you're going to attract someone who adores that about you, likes that about you. If you don't, it's false pretense. You're and you're going to get someone like that, right? So if you hide all these things you think are a problem, then you're going to get someone who isn't aware of them and you create problems later. So what if you really like him? And then you, then you have to let your guard down and tell him all this stuff. You just set yourself up for failure. Hmm. So, you know, if you just show someone who you really are, I mean, you're going to attract someone who really wants to be with you. Or you're you know if you really have to work it and play it, then maybe that's not really worth it to me,
0: yeah, I love that, and that's and that's like so much of what i of what I teach, like there's no games to play, there's no rules you have to learn to master anything, so just being up front and being your authentic self, I love that,
1: yeah, I think you know you you get what you give, and if you put your honest self out there, you're going to get someone. You will eventually meet someone who's attracted to all of that. And that's what you want, isn't it? Like, yeah. isn't that the end game? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm married and... Are you married? I'm not married. Okay. So I'm married and, you know, we've had a baby and with that comes the whole child birthing thing. You do not look pretty. And, you know, on the four years since, there's been many an ugly Saturday morning where you're just tired. You've been up all night. I don't want some guy who's like, oh, you look like crap. You look like a dog's breakfast. I'm going to leave. I want (laughs) my husband who knows me inside and out and knows that I've just had a rough night and makes me a cup of tea.
0: Yeah, I love that. It depends what your long-term goal is. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask you, um, you know, for women who might be somewhere between the ages of like, I don't know, like 36 to 37 to early 40s, um, can you just talk a little bit, because I, I guess you had a child later in life and got married later in life. Like what was your timeline there? If you don't mind um, sharing just to provide some inspiration oh, sure. to women who want to have a family still.
1: Oh, I would definitely go back to my point about looking to perimenopause and at mid 30, if if you haven't, you know, started trying, I would go in, you can get a, um, a, con- uh, a test done. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but they they check your body on your chronological versus your biological age. Hmm. And so your biological age is, you know, what your body is doing. Your chronological age is how old you are. So we started trying when I was 40, we got pregnant right away. And, uh, and then we had a miscarriage and then we had three subsequent miscarriages. And I finally had Maddie at 43 it was just luck of the draw. Right. But my Mm -hmm. chronological age was, uh, 42 when I got pregnant with her, but, uh, my biological age was like 34 or something. So there were no perceivable issues, but, you know, I've got friends who, um, have been trying since their late twenties and I've got friends who are starting now in their early forties and having challenges. So, um, it is, it is about your personal physiology, but, um, I would say if, if you're thinking about it, do a lot of work, checking your body out, like get some tests done, see how healthy your ovaries are, see how many eggs you have left. You can get tests done for all of this. Um, because just assuming that, you know, you're still getting your period, you can still have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't sorry, that doesn't mean that you can. And, and maybe you still can, but it it can be very hard. I've got friends who have been trying for years. And like me, we tried for three years, there was no issue. Um, It it could have been anything. It could have been stress, could have been anything. We still don't know what happened, but it's tough. It's, it's really hard on a relationship. Once you go into the you know, trying phase, uh, we did cycle monitoring for two years, um, which was really tough because then the doctor calls and says, you have 24 hours to have sex. And my husband's like, I feel like we should just put on lab coats and do this. And, um, (laughs) it was a passion pillar, but, uh, it was also very hard on me emotionally. And, um, and you get to the, the phase where you feel discouraged and yeah. So I would say if I had to do it over again, I would have, um, talked to him about starting sooner if I could have, and I would have, uh, I would have done the test to see that I could still do it. And if, if I found out that there were any problems, I would have, um, you know, figured out if there was anything I could be doing for my body to help out, to keep me in good shape to do it. It's Mm -hmm. hard. One thing I find women, uh, who are still single and in their forties and dating, their their end goal can be a little different. I know for some of the women I know it is. They they're more in a rush to get to the altar to mm. have a baby. Um, the problem is that a baby is very, very hard on a marriage. And if your partner isn't a solid partner, if your relationship isn't in place because you love each other, if it's more in place because you really want to have a kid, mm. you're setting yourself up for huge failure because mm. I know quite a few relationships that have been torn apart by raising a child.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So, you know, getting together and getting married is never a good reason. Like if you want to have a baby, you can have a baby on your own. I, we've got three women on our street who have done it and they're amazing. They've built a community around them and it's, it's like the same as a marriage to me, but you know, marrying someone for the sake of having a baby is huge, huge mistake. Hmm.
0: it's great advice. Good advice to, to end on. So, um, Jack, where can my listeners find you on the interwebs? On the interwebs? On the you interwebs. can
1: find us at <laughs> www.drinksat6.com. Okay. Okay. Uh, and six is S I X. Uh, I think if you go to six, the number, you got a catering company. They're probably good too. Um, but it uh, sounds like you're pretty set up for, for your forties. <laughs> you've got like a, a great, um, you're in a good headspace about all this. You seem to really get it. That's, that's kind of, you know, encouraging to hear. Awesome.
0: Thank you. And what is your favorite way to treat yourself?
1: Uh, believe it or not, as much as I love wine, um, <laughs> my favorite way to treat myself is with spin class. I do it Ooh. three days a week. Um, even when I'm like dead tired because it gives me energy. Mm. And when I am like steaming, smoking mad at my husband, it makes me not divorce him. <laughs> and it's just like 45 minutes where I'm working really hard and it feels good to have my body going. I feel better in my clothes and I'm not angry at anybody. Awesome.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's great. It's so fun to hear all the different answers um, people give when I ask this question to to all of my um, guests on the show. All right. Well, thank you so good much, question. Jack. This was such good info. And I know my community is just going to love it. It's going to be so helpful for them. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come on to come on to the show today.
1: Well, thank you. That was a lot of fun. And I I think your community, you know, you've got a great community and it it is hard in your 40s to get out there and date. And I'm really
0: proud to see that they're all putting themselves out there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating.